Today's episode is brought to you by Tua T Fitness and the Brew Bar. Shantz and Chu are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You podcast. This is the Geely edition. My name is Michael Schantz. I am from the How Dare You Awards. With me is my partner in crime, Lady Chu. Chu, I didn't even want to call this movie Geely. I call I, this movie's giggly as far as I'm concerned. But how are you? I'm fantastic. <laughs> Especially since I don't have to watch this movie ever again. <laughs> God, what a mess. Here's the most pressing question of the day. How are your nails? <laughs> I actually tried to do that test, but you can't do it because now you're thinking about it. So you might not do what feels natural. I think I do this. I think I, yeah, I, I, go the, I close I go... my hand and look at it. I don't flay out. Right. This is. I don't reach out this my is hand the, in front of me. I think I close it. This is the Jennifer Lopez Ricky test to discover if if you're inherently male or female, right? Yeah, like is that it? If maybe you have, if you're, I don't know, if you veer more towards the feminine side or the masculine right. side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ben failed evidently. I, I love that it's framed that way, by the way. It's yeah. failure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, you know, that... that I, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I mean, therein lies the problem with this movie. This movie is... Trash. Oh, my God. It's just the most delightful train wreck. <laughs> I don't even I don't know if that's a fair statement, though, because if it's delightful, then that would I know. Yeah, that would mean that I enjoyed watching it, which that's not the case. It's not enjoyable. Uh, yeah, it's not enjoyable, enjoyable enough to be delightful, but it is delightful how bad it is. I mean, like, I think this movie should be taught at film school. <laughs> I think film students should have to break down this movie to figure out what went wrong, how it went wrong, where it went wrong, and how it can be fixed. Like, final dissertations should be on how do you fix this movie. This movie needs, like, an inquiry. Yeah. I mean, under the guise of law to figure out, like, a panel should be convened to figure out how this movie got made. And how it got made into the final product that yeah, it is. Yeah, this is definitely a teachable moment, but not the kind we do. The, no, the bad yeah. kind. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what not to do when making a movie. Oh, man. It's, it's a misstep at almost every moment and it's second. It's really impressive how bad of a job somebody did. I don't know where the blame lies, if it's collective or if it falls on one person. It's impressive. That's the thing, is this movie 
Yeah, this movie feels like it feels this movie as far as like who to blame. This movie feels like Murder on the Orient Express. Everybody's the murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's in on it. That's a good that's a good analogy. I concur. Holy fucking shit. Okay. Spoiler alert. If you haven't read or watched Murder on the Orient Express. You know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It's it's been around a while, so fuck you if you're gonna throw some shade. I say. All right, Chu. Let's start at the the beginning, the beginning, before the beginning, and talk about the 2003 How Dare You Awards. This was nominated for this movie was nominated for like a slew of awards and won. It was nominated for worst title. And one. It was nominated twice for most forgettable performance by an Oscar-winning actor for Pacino and Walken. Pacino actually won. Pro- probably because he didn't have that weird pie scene. I think I would. Yeah. I guess. Ugh. But on this viewing, I liked Pacino so much more than I did the first viewing. But I can see why people would vote for him, you know. It's not yeah, like he, it's out of the blue. He wasn't terrible. It was just yeah. unnecessary. And then it also won basically every category it was nominated in. It fucking won. It was also nominated for movie you least wanted to see, beating out Cat in the Hat, The Fighting Temptations, Marcy X. Don't even know that. I can't remember that movie. And Uptown Girls. Yeah, I would, I would agree to that. Maybe Cat in the Hat is is up there. Yeah. I might pick Cat in the Hat over That it certainly this. must have been a battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which made you cringe the most? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. So plenty of how dare you awards for Giggly. Appropriate. All right. Let's move on. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, let's start with let's start with simple shit, Chu. Okay, first of all, this movie was made in 2003. This movie was made at the height of Benefer, which I think we forget that that was a thing because they've moved on to I think they've forgotten as well. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm telling you, man. Uh, this movie had a budget of $54 million. That's what's listed on IMDb, though, too. And then there's another one that, like, other things listed as something they had to, like, something caused the, the budget to balloon. So it's officially listed on IMDb at $54 million, but they might have had to do reshoots or something. There's something that caused it to be $75.6 million in budget. It only made $6 million in the USA. Fuck. And here's the cumulative worldwide gross, 7.2. <laughs> so it made an extra $1.2 million in the world. That's not even enough. I did. I read that Ben and Jen uh, got 12 and a half and 12 million, <clears throat> respectively. Yeah. Yes. Right. She got 12. He got 12 and a half million dollars, which equates to, you know. That what they made doesn't even cover one person's 
Salary. Salary, right. So the, the, oh man, like just their salaries were triple what the movie made. This was a huge throwaway. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, good grief. So apparently this movie was dropped by every single movie in the, U- or every single movie theater in the UK after one week. It started on 2,215 screens in the United States, and by its third week, it was down to 73 screens, which is equates to a 97% drop, a record. Apparently, until Meet Dave came out, which is a movie I suppose we'll tackle at some point. Oh, man. <laughs> Just lost in, like, how awful this is. But I, I got to tell you, I kind of delight in how bad it is. Okay, let me ask you this. This movie is directed by Martin Brest. Now, this is a man, by the way, this movie put him out of business. He, re- he had such a terrible experience trying to get this movie made that he retired from directing. And this is a talented man, Chew. So. Okay. All right. Have you seen Beverly Hills Cop? Yes. Okay. Hey. Ha- hey, no demerits for you. Yet. I I do not have a grievance. Have you seen Midnight Run? You know that I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is going to be our next teachable moment because basically just because it's one of my all time favorite movies. I mean, it's a top three favorite movie for me. It's one of the very few movies where I walked into a movie theater, didn't know jack shit about the movie, and was so... I've never been so more pleasantly surprised by a movie. I had the same thing about... We talked last week, last week, I think, or the week before, about Romancing the Stone. Yeah. I had no idea. I Like, you know, I mean, I'm a kid, right? I had no idea who fucking Michael Douglas was. I had no idea about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as a producer. I, I I didn't know him. I don't think I even knew Streets of San Francisco. I had no idea who Kathleen Turner is. I, I didn't know any of these people. Didn't even know Robert Zemeckis. But at my movie theater, it was on two screens. And I'm like, romancing the stone? Why the fuck is this movie on two screens? <laughs> <laughs> Went and saw it. Fucking loved it. So... It's one of those surprise movies for me. Oh, yeah. So that's got to be our next teachable moment. This guy's capable, Chew, and yet this movie is a fucking train wreck from minute one. That's a bummer that he had to end his career. He felt the need to end his career on such a terrible note. Okay, so here's the deal. Apparently, this movie was supposed to be much different. It was supposed to be kind of a straight forward mob movie but then Jen and Ben I believe fell in love and the studio wanted to start putting romantic comedy stuff into this movie and you have this very strong sense don't you of this movie has no idea what it wants to be like you can feel the gears yeah struggling to turn on this movie and I think Poor Martin Bress was just like, you know, rocking a hard place. I think he was, they were demanding that he do something he didn't want to do. And it was ruining his life. 
Yeah, it would have been a complete. It would have been a completely different movie had they just not tried to capitalize on that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, come on, just make a damn movie. Who cares? <laughs> just make a damn movie. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> also, you know, it speaks to how fucking wrong they were. I don't care how crazy in love America is with two people dating each other because apparently, you know, obviously we were all madly in love with the idea of them being madly in love. Nobody could stop talking about Benefer. But for movies, we didn't give a fuck. Your movie made six million dollars in the USA. Don't care. Yeah. Wow. All right. Important questions first, Chew. How long is your list of grievances? I think it's my highest yet. (laughs) You told me before we started recording, fuck, I got a lot of notes. (laughs) (laughs) Two full pages, front and back. So I'll call it four. Four pages of notes. Um, I got 36 grievances. Wow. You beat me. I did pick the shit out of it. But I was like, if I'm going to suffer through two and a half hours of straight garbage, then... I'm going to write down 36 grievances. Yeah. And I've got three, three, uh, positives, but they're not really what you think. (laughs) They're, they're not really what you think they are. I basically have four positive points, but I mean, even one of them is one of my positive points is when they go to the morgue and she is trying to distract the morgue attendant. Yeah. Do you remember that scene? And she spills coffee on him. Yeah. One of my positive points was when I saw that guy, I went, hey, that's the guy from Police Academy 2. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely to see him. So when that's counting as a positive point. Oh, because yeah. I have I have 32. Oh, I have wow. 32 okay. grievances. So you page. even you even outpaced me. You know, it's interesting, like. The further we go, the more episodes we do, I think back on our first few episodes and I think, huh, like hindsight really is twenty twenty because the more episodes we watch, the more I hate them, which means the less I think I probably hated the original, ep- like the first episodes. <laughs> so like watching this and it has... It's not related to Armageddon at all, but I did not like Armageddon whatsoever. But now I'm like, well, you know, we got some perspective now. So maybe those movies weren't as bad as I thought they were in the whole grand scheme of things. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should give Armageddon a break. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I didn't hate it as much as I thought I did. Oh, man. So that's the thing. Like, because this movie was supposed to be something and because it turned into something else and because it doesn't feel like it knows what it wants to be. It is a shapeless monster. (laughs) (laughs) Like with fucking tentacles going everywhere, trying to strangle the audience. (laughs) Is that fair? I think that's like spot on. (laughs) I mean, who is this movie for? Who was this movie made for? What audience were they trying to target? Exactly. Right. It's the weirdest plot. Oh, quick sidebar. About f- 10 minutes in, about 10 minutes in, I have a huge realization that I had been confusing this movie 
realization. Holy shit. <laughs> I had been confusing this movie with Jersey Girl. Oh. Uh, which was another movie that Ben and Jen did together yep. with Liv Tyler. And I'm like, where the fuck is Liv? No. Wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this just doesn't seem right. That's amazing. <laughs> which that other well, movie wasn't that good either. Jersey Girl is directed by Kevin Smith, and he and Ben Affleck have known each other for a long time. And one of my delightful notes was that uh, whenever they're giving each other shit or arguing about something, uh, uh, Kevin Smith says he can always end any argument with Ben Affleck by just saying, Geely. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and that'll shut him up right quick. That's a good one. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. So uh, my first note, by the way, my first note is the music over what? Who made this? Is it is it is it Columbia? I don't even remember. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Damn it. But so you have this kind of. I can only describe it as stupid ass music over <laughs> over over the producer kind of credit for this movie and just upon hearing that music it makes me say uh-oh <laughs> oh no oh god oh dear oh dear I mean on the I watched it on Stars and the summary, the plot summary on there before you click play, mm-hmm. uh, really sets the tone for the shit storm that will inevitably ruin my night. <laughs> like they're not trying to trick you. It said oh, I didn't write it down, but it it was just like two, you know, basically like Two contract, two mobster contractors kidnap a mentally challenged brother of a federal prosecutor, and you're like, "I'm what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you what? Well, I was gonna say we should have you describe the plot. One, because it delights me, but like, but <laughs> 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 I don't think I don't think you'll need the forty three minutes you used for. For a vertical for, limit. For a vertical <laughs> limit for this fucking movie. Because there's no plot. No, nothing really happens. I mean, you 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 already stated it. That's it. They kidnap a kid, and that's it. That kidnapped kid is the plot. Yeah, and then they give him back, sort of. Oh, man. And nothing really even happens when they're together. And... They're supposed to be contractors. They're not that, like, I don't think they're that good. They're just people. Like a, like a hit guy. Like if you're a, yeah, if you're a contractor for the mob, you fucking kill people. Yeah. Neither one of these people have ever killed anybody. No. Certainly not Ben. And that's the thing, you know, at first I thought, this, this movie's terribly miscast because Ben Affleck is too affable and likable to portray a dangerous person. But then I thought to myself, well, wait a second. You completely believe he's a bank robber in the town. Yeah. You believe that he does bad things and is a dangerous person. 
And yet he's still likable in that movie. He wants out of that life. So it can be done. Yeah. Maybe if he was directing it himself. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, both of these people, Ben and Jen, oh, I hate rhyming. It's just the fucking worst, but that's what we're doing today. <laughs> Ryman, Ben and Jen, they're both really good actors. Right. Really I agree. Good. And I think she gets shit sometimes for not being a good actor. I think she's good. And go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, if you, like, watch out of sight yeah. and tell me that she's a bad actor. She's talented. Yeah. yeah. And she should have been nominated for... Something. What was that last movie that just came out? Hustlers. Yeah. She's fucking great in that movie. So they have talent. But when your movie opens with Ben Affleck staring directly into the camera, that's when I really went, oh, fucking. Uh-uh. Nope. We're on a fucking water slide to Doomtown. What, <laughs> what the fuck was he talking about? I got lost literally in that monologue. I got lost. I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. He's talking about if you take out the moisture in your body. And then you're just like, you just turn into beef jerky and bone. I'm like, Ben, it's all supp- stop it. See, it's all supposed to be frightening to the man, but funny to us. And it was neither. Was that was that's what was supposed to happen? Okay. I think so. Okay. I didn't like it. <laughs> all right. Listen, we are, <laughs> you know how far we've gotten into this movie? The credits. Two minutes. And the first shot. <laughs> and we and we have to take a break. <laughs> so yes. let's take a break. Okay. And when we get back, we'll discuss more about Giggly, which is how I will refer to it from now on. That's good. Good day to you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out 2 a T Fitness. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. 2 a T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we are back. I'm here with Lady Chu. We're talking about the 2003, most one of the most famous misfires, Giggly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a delight in calling it that. I think it's fair. You made such a shit movie. I don't need to pronounce it correctly. Sorry. 
All right. Basically, we got through the opening credits in the first shot. <laughs> and then we had to take a break. So at the crux of this movie is one gangster. Yeah. Terribly miscast, by the way. What's his name? Lewis? Oh, God. Yeah. Right? Because I've I mean, that guy's a good actor. I, I don't I, I don't know his name offhand, but, uh, I, you know, he's kind of I've seen him play other parts where he's kind of like the bumbling kind of guy. Any at any rate, him as the hardened badass is a misfire, just like Ben Affleck in this movie trying to be a hardened badass is a misfire. But what he wants him to do is to kidnap the mentally challenged brother of a federal judge. But he doesn't trust him enough to do it, so he gets Jennifer Lopez to help with the babysitting. Yeah. That's the whole movie. I Is it... I couldn't figure out... Was it distasteful to make the person they kidnapped... Mentally handicapped? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't figure... I don't know. I just don't fucking... Well, know. so here's the thing. Okay, I, I am of two minds of this because one, like, here's where this movie is, like, so off the rails so early. If you want to make a romantic comedy, first of all, either make a mob movie or don't, for starters. Yeah. So either make a mob movie or make a romantic comedy. So Martin Brest is right. He wanted to make a mob movie. Just do that. Don't... I mean, this movie is... Okay. (laughs) This movie uses the word fuck no fewer than like 150 times in the movie. And it seems so out of place to the movie that they ended up making. Because this movie is a comedy, romance comedy. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just everything about it is a train wreck. In terms of the boy, there was so much ugliness revolving around this character. Yeah. Ben Affleck pushing him into the wall telling him to be normal, telling him to stop being retarded, like all that stuff just made my skin crawl. Not good. It was hard to watch. I felt sad for that character. It was, was it necessary? Like that's not, we weren't, there wasn't like a teachable moment Mm -hmm. within that movie. And he apologizes at the end. Right. Yeah, but like, was that the whole? Was that like supposed to be a point in the movie? Like, why? Why are we doing that? Like, are you trying to reach out to your audience and be like, this isn't how you treat people? Like, no, the guy's just a dick. I just don't know why that was necessary. No, yeah, not the point of the movie, right? But the other thing is, is so like, what do you think of the performance itself? Because most people would say. And, I, you know, I equate it to, I'm sure you, have Have you seen a Rain Man? Yes. You have? It's been a long time, but, but I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, All right. Amigo. Good for you. 
So I think a lot of people equate this performance to a poor man's Rain Man. Yeah. You know, he it's like it's like a beginning actor watched Rain Man and then tried to do that but different. It it feels like it's offensive because what he's doing is for the most part trying to mine this person's disability for comedy. Yes. Yes. And in Rain Man, the opposite is true. And a lot of what happened on Rain Man was purely by happenstance. I just was listening to Barry Levinson on a podcast the other day talking about they were doing a scene and Dustin Hoffman was doing, he was too engaged with Tom Cruise. So he said, you can't engage that much. Uh, Why don't you count the ceiling tiles? Then on the next take, Dustin Hoffman got so engaged with the ceiling tiles, he wouldn't respond to Tom Cruise. And he said, I mean, you have to do something. You you have to at least acknowledge that he's there, that he's speaking to you. So just say something like, yeah. So that wasn't a plan, the yeah, yeah, yeahs. Oh, right? okay. And it, you know, and through, through talented people taking... You know, Dustin Hoffman's, that character's autism seriously, you find they found something. They disco- And that's the thing about creativity. They discovered something together through the creative process that worked and was honest for that character. This character, none of that's there. No. But at the same time, he he the actor himself justin bartha had the same uh agent as christopher walken who's in the movie and then they were doing another movie together later and they ended up having dinner together and christopher walken started asking justin about himself or something blah 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 and the agent said chris chris you know him you worked with him this is the kid from the geely movie you work together. And he like looked at him and looked him up and down. And he said, I actually thought you were handicapped. Oh, my God. So. He seemingly did a good enough job, at least to completely fool a fellow actor. I, I guess. Don't know. But... Like, I, you know, being an actor and accepting a role of a character who's disabled in any capacity. That's really hard. That's got to be really hard because there's a line somewhere in there drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where it's drawn. I don't know how far you go to where it's not offensive. Well, it's also different now. And it's different now because we're in a different place. I mean, you you know, some some are obvious. People get mad that, say, an actor like Emma Stone is playing an Asian woman in whatever that Cameron Crowe movie that was so terrible was. And it's covered by, like, I'm a quarter Asian, but rightly, like, just hire a fucking Asian actor. You, yeah. wh- What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
But then people also get mad that, say, Brian Cranston gets hired to be like a disabled person in The Upside. Yes, you could hire a disabled actor, but there are real world problems to solve in Hollywood, a name big enough to get people to sit down and watch this movie. And Brian Cranston is one of those names. And maybe somebody who is disabled yeah. is not. Yeah. So you know what I mean? And I can't say I agree with Scarlett Johansson, who, you know, was essentially playing, I can't remember that sort of action movie nonsense she was in, in which the character was also supposed to be Asian. And I think her response at the time was something like, I can play anybody. That's taking it a little too far, but but as an actor, yeah, you, you do want to be challenged. There, you know, the whole point is to take on roles of things that you don't know or don't experience, so that you can be challenged to try and bring it to an audience and make the audience feel that. So there are no easy answers. I don't know. We're talking about this for a long fucking time. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> God damn it, Jesus okay. Christ! We'll go ahead and move on. To yeah. whatever the next shitty thing is that happened in this movie. <laughs> Jesus. It couldn't have been more than two minutes later. I just didn't foresee. Well, so let me ask you. <laughs> go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just didn't foresee this, this movie taking up so much of our time on things that just were wrong. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) I'm not. Kudos to you. It's like you. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you just gave an attaboy to Giggly (laughs) for for making us go down. A rabbit hole of, I don't even know. A rabbit hole of what's appropriate conversation. (laughs) I mean, for fuck's sake. Is this the the lasting legacy of this fucking movie? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to decide what's what what they did so wrong and what's not wrong. <laughs> oh my god, damn it, fuck. <laughs> on a lighter note, uh, on a lighter note, when J Lo, her first scene, she knocks on Ben's door and uh-huh. she's trying to use the phone. Yeah. Obviously, she's not really trying to use the phone. She's like, I'll just be really quick. I'll just come, you know, I'll be in and out. And the only thing I'll leave behind is I'll just leave a faint scent. And I thought, like a fart? (laughs) Like, are you gassy? What a weird thing to say. Like, I understand what you're trying to say. I, I get it. Right. But that's a weird comment. And that's the thing is like she's trying to be yeah. coy and sexy and draw him like, in. Could you not? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't shit your pants, did you? you have a tummy ache? <laughs> <laughs> and the juxtaposition of these two people. Okay, so th- here's the other thing we have to talk about with this movie. Maybe it's another serious conversation. The sexual politics of this movie are a fucking mess. I I felt like I was being sexually harassed the whole movie. Right. Like, dear Hollywood, don't make movies where lesbians have sex with men. I felt icky. 
like the whole time, you know, he at one point where that's the yoga scene and he's trying to, you know, he's saying like how great the penis is I'm like, all right, well, just ease up there. And yeah, settle down. down. It's cool, but it's not that cool. <laughs> I personally have never seen a penis where I didn't think, oh, good God. Yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not cute. Like it has its purposes. It has its uses, but it ain't cute. Okay. And then she starts going on this long dialogue. It felt like forever. It probably wasn't that long. Right. No, it was that long. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not just Fuck me. Yeah. Made worse, by the way, like anytime they're mentioning the words penis or vagina or how a mouth is like a vagina, like string music over it, like penis. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> stop it. Just stop and you it. Know, I don't I don't have a problem with the word pussy. Can I say that on here? Mm-hmm. And you did put an E. You're putting an E on the, the podcast thing, so I guess I can Oh say yeah. That. Um Pussy it up, <laughs> Chew. Oh but to use it in a seductive way gives me the heebie jeebies. Well, not just that, because you have like you have moments where she's trying to be seductive and then you have moments of dialogue that are just inexplicable, like kind of spreading her legs and saying turkey time, gobble, gobble. That's right. What the fuck? fuck? (laughs) I mean, Jesus Christ. And. And he's so obtuse. He's like, I don't, what? I don't know. Huh? What are you talking about? There is not only no reason for her to be attracted to him in any way, shape, or form. There's no reason for anybody to be attracted to him in any way, shape, or form. In this movie. Ben, that's doesn't, that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a comment of who you are collectively. The character. Just this character. The character. And I wrote this down as a positive point. Even though it's not positive at all, like it's it's really is a grievance. But when they're, you know, so first of all, you have this completely inane, stupid ass scene where everybody's going to go to bed for the first night and she's setting out mats on the floor and he's clearly hitting on her, but saying, hey, in the interest of working together, why don't you take half the bed? Yeah. And she agrees to it. But then you have this scene of him in the bathroom with like his taking off his shirt and like flexing and saying, you want the bull, you want to get the horns. And it's so terrible. He this character was just filled with toxic masculinity. It was so over the top. But I wrote it as a positive point because it made me laugh out loud that he is the character and the writer. Well, Martin Brest wrote it, too. So the writer director were deciding to let the audience know in full view who this man is. And yeah. he is not good. He's a bad <laughs> <laughs> like. And so to show how bad he was in that fucking mirror scene was astounding to me just like 
full stop. Nobody should ever like this man. No. Fucking ever. His haircut alone. Oh yeah. Was was like something from a Ken doll. Well, I wrote down his haircut denotes handsome Bowser from Sha Na Na. <laughs> <laughs> It was B-A-D bad. Oh, not good. All right. Let's take one more break. Okay. I feel like I'm not sure we've even talked about 20 minutes of film time for this fucking movie. But so it goes with Giggly. We're going to take one more break. And when we come back, we'll finish up this whatever it is. All right, we'll be right back. If you're anything like me, you spend the majority of the day wondering whether you want coffee, beer, or wine. Whichever way you fall, Brew Bar has you covered. Located in the heart of 3rd Avenue Village in glorious downtown Chula Vista, California, which is also my neck of the woods, Brew Bar is a coffee shop, bar, and eatery rolled into one delightful package. Tim and Alex run the place, and let me tell you listeners, these guys know their coffee. And after you've been in their company, so will you. They turned me on to pour over, and it's literally all I drink now. If for some crazy reason you don't want to try the best coffee in the world, they've got espresso drinks, all kinds of teas, and even coffee cocktails. You heard me. Coffee tails. And we're just getting started. Bottle service on craft beer and wine, alcoholic and caffeinated potions, an all-day food menu with plenty of vegan options. All served up in an atmosphere hip enough to know you're getting the best quality, but not too hip that you feel the need to drive to 7-Eleven and get a bucket of brown swill. Brew Bar. It's the best place to be for beer, wine, coffee and tea. And if you go, you might even see me. And we are back once again. Lady Chu and I are here discussing the 2003 film Giggly. (laughs) So, Chu, we haven't even really gotten very far into this movie. And, you know, it begs the question, what the fuck to talk about next? What I I want to talk about next are all the secondary characters. Because we could get a lot of, uh, like... We can get some mileage I, out of that one. Yeah, we could get some serious miles. I mean, Ben Affleck's mom, Christopher Walken, Al Pacino. I need explanations as to how they got into this movie, why they're there, what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Did you guys even know that Al Pacino was in this movie? Because you do now. And I didn't <laughs> know that until he showed up. <laughs> the fuck are you doing in this movie? Well, let's save that one because... The first person we meet is Christopher Walken, right? We we meet yeah. him before his uh before his Ben's mom, mom. Be- yeah. before Ben's mom, right? Okay. So <laughs> And it's I've the been... only time he's in the movie is this right. weird ass scene. Well, I think All right, that's the thing about this movie is that This movie clearly, like, part of this movie is the bones of another movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm quite certain that Christopher Walken had a bigger role. 
It feels in his scene like he's actually working for Al Pacino, even though he's clearly a cop. Yeah, I can see that now. I would think that that's the case, even though the movie does not show that at all. The movie makes the tragic mistake, and this is why you can't take the the Justin Bartha character seriously at all, because whatever whatever ticks, however his disability manifests itself, it is unpredictable and loud, right? And yet in this scene, Ben Affleck just pushes him into his room and says, be quiet. And he's quiet for the whole time, which is nonsense, right? Yeah. Which also means that Christopher Walken is the worst cop in the world because he walks in, doesn't check anything, and then just takes Ben Affleck's word for it that he knows nothing and leaves. But not before throwing out the most delicious set of nonsensical dialogue I've ever heard in my life. And when I first, because I saw this movie years ago when it first came out. When it first came out, I was like, I have to see this piece of shit. (laughs) I'm one of the six million (laughs) dollars. I gave them at least eight of those six million dollars. So he's a cop. He comes in, he asks him if he knows anything about it, and he says no, and then he comes up with this. Man, you know what I'd love to do right now? Go down to Marie Callender's, get me a big bowl, pie. Some ice cream on it, mm-mm, good. Put some on your head, your tongue will slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? No. (laughs) What the fuck? Ew. I got to tell you, though, I noticed something on this viewing that I did not notice the first time I watched this movie. After he says, interested, he goes, no, we're fine. Ben Affleck says, no, we're okay. And he goes, sure. (laughs) Yeah. It was so aggressive and startling. Yeah. But right after that, he walks up to Ben Affleck and whatever. He's kind of saying, you know, if you do know anything, you let me know and blah, 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 blah. But there's a menace on his face where I was like, oh, well, now this character is interesting. But of course, five seconds later, he leaves and we never see him again. I felt like they had in that scene, they had some long lingering moments, you know, where the character's thinking, he's feeling it out. He's like, I'll give you one more chance kind of kind of moment. But they lingered for so long. Just move along. Ugh. Well, that's the yeah. And that's the thing about this movie is there are moments where the camera is lingering on people who aren't speaking for way too long. Yeah. For You know what I mean? I mean, like uh, every, you know, we talked about the, it must have oh, been like 30 fucking minutes. Yeah, yeah. That you spent that I, I could have watched a ninety-minute movie instead of a hundred and twenty-minute movie. Yes, this movie is two hours long. <laughs> what the fuck? How? Because there are several moments where I can recognize where they are in the movie, 
or should be in the movie, you know, especially like when Pacino arrives. I'm like, okay, so we're in the last 15 minutes of this movie. And there's 35 more minutes at least. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. What'd you make of that? So I always like to ask people, when, when Christopher Walken is saying this Marie Callender shit, What's going through your mind? I I think we I think we both do this. You know, we now watch TV with subtitles because we're sometimes older. yeah. Uh, I I need it all the time. And this was this was a moment where I was so glad that I had the subtitles on because I wouldn't <laughs> have believed what he said if I hadn't read it at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, that was actually in the script. Somebody wrote that. And then tried to convince Christopher Walken to be like, hey, these are the lines you got to say them. And you got to sell them. Mm-hmm. And he, I I want to know what he thought of that little piece of script. Be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Was this a mistake? Right. Do you want me to say this? Okay. Well, between that, and again, this is like the miscues of the movie. You know, okay, does does any scene work for you? What about the mom scene? No. <laughs> <laughs> the mom scene is unnecessary. I don't know why it's there. It's completely stupid. It doesn't provide anything for the plot. Not that much does anyway. Right. But it doesn't provide anything substantial. It's just a moment. I I don't know. Maybe it's another like another moment where he starts to like actually fall in love with with Ricky because his mom likes her and there's like this cute little moment and Mm -hmm. but at the you know the shot of he obviously loves his mom he's gonna come over and give her medicine but his mom's wearing some some hoey ass undies (laughs) can we talk about mom I mean I I I really like the actress Yo, she's great. I I think she's one of the best things in the movie, even though she's completely unnecessary. But I could talk about mom for another hour or so. (laughs) Like, like, like I am fascinated by her top with her boobs. Just feel like they're about to spring out of her shirt, her tight jeans, her belt, the flower in her hair. Like everything about mom is fucking extra. (laughs) Yeah. And was she kind of coming on to Ricky? To J-Lo? Well, you're the woman in the group. They certainly shared some sort of comment about... What did did she say about men? Oh, uh, something like, you know, their talents or their knowledge only goes so far. Yeah. Something like that. You know, they're just kind (laughs) of... They have some shortcomings in certain areas, and Ben Ben's character is so fucking D-U-M dumb that he has no idea what they're even fucking talking about. Um, like, they were strictly talking about giving head. Okay, so, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would imagine. Oh, my God. I don't know. I felt like, yeah, Mom was coming on to... To Ricky, and it was just kind of weird. So you have that weird scene, but that scene, at least on its face, is in the realm of romantic comedy. Yeah. So, so we're not blending the truly terrible with comedy, 
But then you have the next scene where her girlfriend shows up. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh, oh my, Chu. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first time I saw this movie, I was telling people for weeks about that scene because I was like, you can't believe what this movie does. And then I apparently banished it from my mind and didn't even remember it when she first shows up. So listeners, this blonde uh, woman shows up. She's Ricky's girlfriend. And she's upset because she thinks she's at Ben Affleck's apartment for sex. She keeps telling her it's not for that. It's a business deal. But you and I are done. And what does she do? She marches right into the kitchen, grabs a butcher's knife, cuts both wrists and just shows them, shows her bloody wrists to the to the characters and to the audience in a way that makes you go, what the fuck movie am I watching now? And you guys might think that we ad libbed that scene. Nope, that's exactly how it happens and basically how quick it happens. It's so fucking random and unnecessary and really a horrible bit of bad acting. Oh, man, it is painful. (laughs) It gives me the chills just thinking about the bizarreness of that scene. And then they take her to the hospital like that whole thing and... You have this fucking moment where Ben Affleck sitting in the car. This is the moment he falls in love with her. Yeah. Because she takes her to the hospital. She takes care of him. He sees her kind of leaning down next to the blonde girl and smiling at her, making sure she's okay in her wheelchair, that they're going to wheel her into a room or something. And he says to Justin Bartha's character, Brian, he says, that is the most beautiful fucking woman I've ever seen in my life. Basically with that bad an accent. (laughs) Yeah. And then she comes back outside and (laughs) she cuts both her wrists and she says, like uh, Jennifer Lopez comes out and she says, she's going to be all right. And then he, with as much venom as he can mention, he says, what a relief. And starts being an asshole again to the woman he just declared that he's in love with. Yeah. Explain it to me so I can understand. Uh, God, that whole, that whole, like, her coming in, storming into the apartment, slitting her wrist, and then they end up at the hospital. Yeah. Unnecessary. It didn't relate to Jack shit. No. Not a goddamn thing. Like everything else in this movie. And... I just hated, as soon as she she slit her wrist, I was like, fuck this bitch. <laughs> fuck this bitch. You're a horrible person. Because you're going to hold somebody. That's some blackmail. love. Yeah. Emotionally hostage. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. That is not fucking cool. Don't do it. <laughs> Very upset about that. I made a note. Yuck. Yeah. You clearly were. You Gross. just you just flipped your shirt a little bit. You grab you grabbed your shirt and flipped it up a little bit. Ugh. I wish the audience could have seen your anger fuming. Yeah, you're a terrible person. But there's lots of that stupid shit in this movie. There's yeah. the you know this shit where like you have detours for you have a ten minute detour of Jennifer Lopez talking to the 
the punks with the radio trying to teach them about Sun Tzu and yeah. the art of war and like and just like the Kai Toy Mai and yeah. ripping out eyeballs. Ugh. Bizarre. I think I wrote weird things were weird like ten times in my notes. This is <laughs> weird. Like, I couldn't think of any other word. Be like, this is weird. This is strange. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> right. Everything about this movie is so confusing. Gobble, gobble, my pussy. What? <laughs> I just, oh my God. Like, I can't believe that. So they decide at one point, Lewis, the mean mobster, says you have to cut off the kid's thumb and send it to the judge, which they both don't want to do. So they decide they're going to go to the morgue and get a thumb. And that's the scene I was talking about with the guy from Police Academy 2 who she's distracting. But A, they decide to bring Brian with them. You can't leave him in the convertible, I guess. I I don't know. That's stupid. Unwise. But they are so ill-prepared that just by happenstance, a plastic knife from somebody's lunch is in the room. And that's what he uses to cut the thumb? That's not going to happen. What? I, and, uh, yeah. I'm not an expert. I I'm, just I have a note that just says, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm not an expert on cutting limbs from deceased bodies with that that's not gonna work i don't think a plastic knife is gonna do it i can barely cut a steak with it let alone a get through a human bone (laughs) and what the who's eating in the morgue anyway why are those plastic utensils there you're disgusting (laughs) that's not where you eat that's up there with the not brushing of the teeth in vertical limit (laughs) That's right. <laughs> I know she had some stinky-ass breath. Don't get that close to her face. Oh, that's Ugh. funny. Okay, but let me ask you this, too, because this is also the dumbest fucking crime in the history of the world, part of which comes up at the end of the movie, but part of which doesn't, because they decide to send it in an envelope, which Ben Affleck licks. Oh, God. And touches with his hands. So now they've got his DNA and his fingerprints all over <laughs> this thing he's sending. He's a he's a terrible mobster. He's the worst criminal I've ever seen in my life. Ill-suited for the job he's supposed to do. I do think we should talk about Have you ever seen did you did, did you ever see the Saturday Night Live episode? that Ben Affleck was on shortly after this movie. No. There is a great skit that is essentially the filming of the movie, and they're in the scene where he actually goes and kidnaps Brian at, at the home. Mm-hmm. So the, the skit starts, and maybe Ben Affleck has one or two lines, and he, and then you hear cut. All right, we're gonna take it a minute. Uh, we're gonna relight or something like that, and you know, just just stay right there. We'll be right there. And Fred Armisen is playing a mentally challenged person behind him, like he's a background character. Yeah. And during the break, he just sort of turns around and he's like, Ben. <laughs> hey, Ben. I think the plot has holes. <laughs> 
And so the whole skit is about this mentally challenged person who's trying to get Ben to realize he's in the worst fucking movie ever. It's fantastic. (laughs) He's not wrong. Oh, my God. Major holes. What else do you like? What do you what what's burned in your brain that you have to get out? Uh, the sex scene between them. J-Lo finally has sex with him. Monstrous. Oh, God. I felt icky. Terrible. I felt way gross watching it. I didn't enjoy it. Also, it was a little... My note was, this is a real couple? (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's no way they... None of my business, but there's no way that they had sex like that in real life. Oh, man. There's just no way. And then she's... She's like cuddling him at the after sex. Yes. Yes. Now, some of you may be like, that's not a big deal or whatever. Like, that's fine. That's okay. Do me and my husband do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no cuddling after sex. I got to pee. <laughs> like, that's a realistic, that's a realistic step. There's no time for cuddling. That's not, no. Bye. What about post pee cuddle? Hell no, I'm getting in the shower. I got clothes on, I got things to do. No. <laughs> like the moment's over. Great moment. Super cool. Um, but there's no time to cuddle. And I'm certainly not gonna be like, babe, like get in get in the nook, you know, like like get in here. <laughs> and then have my arm around him. Ugh. So he can moo. <laughs> oh god, that was so Cause we haven't talked yeah. about I'm the bull, you're the cow. <laughs> I don't want to be referred to as a cow before, during, or after sex, that's for sure. He does recognize later on, though, that he's the cow, so he moves at her in the cuddle. Ugh, that was gross. That whole thing was... No. Just no. No thanks. <laughs> Oh, but um, I did have a positive note. What? (laughs) I'm sorry? Are you you sure? Um, Two things. Okay, go ahead. Both related to Al Pacino because he's amazing. Yeah. I was super cool with him shooting Lewis in the head. Yeah. Totally fine with that. Also, he goes through and tries to explain to them how stupid the plan that they had was. Right. Like dumb. And I th- I put Al Pacino validating my thoughts on how stupid this movie is. Like they did. They just they put it in. There, right. Be like, hey, we did a dumb thing. I'm like, thank the, you. Right. I know. So not like this movie is about dumb people doing dumb things while they're saying dumb things. <laughs> it's kind of baffling but i too did appreciate that moment where he's he's explaining to the characters how dumb they are but it does feel like he's simultaneously explaining to everyone how dumb the whole movie is yeah and he's the character's very strange when he first shows up one of my notes is, is this a gay gangster? <laughs> Which is a recurring theme in this movie because at one point, because of the nails thing, yeah. Jennifer Lopez seems to be 
insinuating, hey, she even a- outright yeah. asks Ben gay? Affleck, are you gay? Yeah. Fucking fuck you, I'm the fucking, I'm the bull, you're the fucking cow, gonna give you the horns, you know. Holy shit. But, but the last part where Jennifer Lopez is essentially just bargaining for their lives, she's just trying to get out of the room, let us leave and go kill Brian. And he is appropriately intimidating in that scene. Yeah. Which I didn't remember upon my first viewing. I just remember thinking he's wacky and weird. He's all frumpy. Yeah. Like his clothes don't fit, you know? He's got the worst man bun before man buns were a thing. (laughs) Yeah. But you do have this one moment where she says, let us go and let us fix it. And the look on his face is, this will either save me or kill me. And I'm going to take the risk, but knowing how dumb this movie is, like, you're like, boy, did you make a mistake? Because we're going to Baywatch Beach, and we're going to call it a day. <laughs> Fuck. Man, I wonder how many times we've said dumb. Maybe just as many times as they said fuck in this movie. <laughs> Fucking dumb is what this movie is. But let's, here's an important question. Is this the worst movie you've ever seen? Is it as bad as we're saying it is? Like, are there, it feels like there's a better movie hidden deep within this movie. This movie is like a riddle wrapped in a mystery, surrounded by an enigma, uh, covered in shit. So, like, is there anything, like, is it redeemable? Is there something within this that could have been better? No, because that's like saying, that's like knowing somebody who continuously acts like a garbage monster. And they're like, no, but they're really a good guy. Like, it's, you know, he's he's really cool <laughs> deep down inside. Right. Be like, I don't give a shit. He doesn't act like it. Not once have I seen him have any sort of redeemable quality. The guy sucks. That's the, that guy is this movie. That movie is this guy. Like, you can't say underneath it's good. I don't give a fuck. Right. No. I'll push back on this That's one a thing. <laughs> I'll push back on this one thing in fairness to Ben Affleck and Martin Brest and this fucking stupid movie. <laughs> his, <laughs> his character does have a quasi-legitimate arc. His character changes. Yeah. That's fair, right? Yeah, definitely. He learns and grows over the course of this movie. A couple of days? Yes. Yeah. How much? Hard to say. Whether or not you'd ever want to know him, even despite the fact that he's grown? Hard to say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Certainly not enough to make a lesbian question her life choices. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to stick with women. Thank you. <laughs> nice try. You're not making me go to the other team. Have a nice day. <laughs> but his character does grow. Yeah, I guess. This movie reminded me of Return of the Jedi. 
I felt like it, you're watching it and you feel like Admiral Akbar, the big red guy, and you just want to go, it's a trap! <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch it! <laughs> big mistake. Oh, my God. And it just, you know, you think it's going to end at any point in the last 20 minutes, and it doesn't. It keeps going. It's just this potential last scene and another potential last scene. You're like, okay, surely like, oh, it's all, I keep. And you know what bothers me the most about that is at that time, I was working at a restaurant called Gladstone's, which is where they were filming these last scenes. And I remember being stuck in traffic on the PCH trying to get to work, halted by the filming of this fucking movie. And I'd be like, even back then, I was like, get this fucking shit out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) Just one more reason to hate this fucking movie. Everything about it. (sighs) Well, anything left for you to talk about? (laughs) Or are you done? I'm done. I am too. I, I, uh, what? (laughs) Yikes. This, this has become my, my new number one. Every week, I think I pick a, which week (laughs) my, (laughs) every week that movie gets pushed to the number one worst. Wow. Ooh. So I'm doing my job well. Yeah. uh, Truly. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I A part of me doesn't really look forward to watching the movies. I super look forward to talking about it. But there's uh-huh. this anxiety because I know I'm not going to watch really a good movie. Like, this isn't a movie I would watch, like, on a whim. Right. So, like, I have a little bit of anxiety and anticipation before I actually sit down and watch it. And then so relieved when it's over. But I'm always really excited to sit down and talk about it. But, like, do you not even have a sense of, like, can you not even, like, recommend this movie to watch as for the train wreck that it is? Oh, no. Not unless somebody was doing what what we're doing. Then I'd be like, yeah, (laughs) this is a really excellent piece of homework. This is a good assignment. (laughs) This is an assignment and nothing more. I don't know. I, I I might disagree with you. I, I think it's worth one viewing just... To experience to, it? Yeah, to experience it in all of its glory. Like you could sell or it to somebody and be like... lack thereof. Hey, would you want to watch a movie that was rated 2.5 on IMDb? Well, this is yeah. the movie for you. 2.5? Yeah? Okay. And, and I think like 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh God. Like, I'd like to know more about the, the that 6% of the people who are like, yes. Great movie. I get it. No. Wow. All right. Let's put this to bed. Yeah. I agree. And then light the bed on fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Farrah Fawcett burning bed style. Just. <laughs> <sighs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a different thought about Giggly, including how to fucking pronounce it, (laughs) go ahead and let us know. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Please rate and review us. It helps a lot. Or send us an email to the How Dare You podcast at gmail.com. For my partner in crime, 
for my, I, you're just, you're a super soldier is what you are. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that after this movie. <laughs> All right. For the super soldier, Chew, I am Lady Chew. I am Michael Schatz. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Say bye, Chew. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.